Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. We are back. We are focusing on a topic that all of you will adore. It's how to get rich as a real estate professional and stay rich. And here's our introduction. And we're going to go through these uh, rel- uh, these points relatively quick, and we're- so we can get to the actual content. Our goals are simple, as always, to educate you, motivate you, and get you into action. And for that to happen, for that to happen on this topic, we need your permission. We need your permission to be very direct, open, and honest, and talk about what really is seemingly the last social taboo, which is talking about money. Talking about money in the sense that if you're at a dinner party and you're in polite company and you're all with friends, notice how people will talk about literally everything nowadays, but they don't talk about how they accumulate wealth, how they keep wealth, right? It's something that people aren't comfortable talking about. It's almost like we've all been taught not to talk about becoming rich. Now, what is rich? Here's our definition. It's very simple. And we strongly suggest you adopt this uh, definition for yourself because it is, I think, the most drilled down, no BS definition of rich that Julie and I have come across. We created this years ago. But rich is merely where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. In other words, if you need $10,000 a month to pay all your bills and you are you know, essentially um, no longer having to actually go out and work for money, if you had $10,000 money a month coming in passively, you are by our definition rich. Again, I'm going to say that just so you're very clear. Rich does not mean you have to have a private jet or a bunch of Ferraris or a bunch of yachts or a huge house. Rich for most people, and think about this for yourself, is where you had enough money, will have enough money coming in passively, so you no longer have to work for your money. Your money is now working for you. So for us to get to uh, really the essence of how to go about doing this, remember this is not just how to get rich, it's how to stay rich. We need your permission uh, to get at the very core of what money is and isn't. And what we're going to be talking about, hopefully we're going to get through some of this today, is really why most people, you know, a lot of you guys, are great at earning money. The average agent earns something like $100,000, I think. What was it, Julie, in 2021? That's right. Right. And yet, uh, very, very, very few people are able to stop working at any point in their lives except when they're maybe very old if they've been able to squirrel away enough retirement. And even then, the retirement for most people is not enough for them to maintain their lifestyles. So people have had their entire lives often earning you know, tens of millions of dollars, depending on what you did for a living, obviously. And yet they haven't been able to actually get to the point where they're rich. Why is that? Obviously, lack of education. And that's what we're going to be drilling down and helping you guys with today. That's right. So now that you have the definition of what it means to be rich where you've got enough passive income coming in that you are covered, do you actually desire that? Do you want to be rich per that definition? And I think most people are nodding their heads yes, probably aren't going to argue with that, but sometimes, Tim, they can get off track. And so our next question is, would you rather be rich or famous and why? Well, we have three questions, and these are three questions that you really have to ask yourself so you can get to the root of really what's motivating you. And we just were in a, did a live presentation, presented this very same material. For those of you who are at that event in Florida, hello, hello. Thank you for discovering our podcast. For those of you who aren't listening, 
Um, and so we're going to go through these questions. And unlike that live presentation, because you're listening to our podcast, Julie and I are actually going to drill down far more than we did in the live presentation because you have already given us permission earlier, uh, what, about 30 seconds ago in your mind for us to be very direct, open, and honest with you. And here's the time for you to be very direct, open, and honest with yourself. Do you really want to be rich? We asked that question to the audience. Everybody in the audience said yes. Of course you do. But then the next question, and this is where the rubber meets the road. Would you rather be rich or would you rather be famous? Would you rather be rich or would you rather be famous? You can only choose one and why. Now, that's where people get confused. Because nowadays, especially if you've only been in real estate for the last 15 years or so, you've been told to focus on becoming famous and everything else follows that. Well, and famous could be an influencer. Famous could be famous on TikTok or YouTube. Famous could be your town's mayor or your whatever, whatever, right? All of these things are tickling your desire for recognition, tickling your desire to be famous. But what if the reality, the truth was you have to choose one? You have to either choose fame or being rich. Which would you choose? Now, here's the thing that I want you to, uh, where you can be introspective. You will, maybe a second ago, you have answered the question, I choose to be rich, and yet you're spending all of your money to be famous, aren't you? You guys get it? You have been fooled into believing that fame equals rich. Fame does not equal rich. The Now, sometimes you can be both, that is true, but the reality of it is, is all of you have to choose one or the other, and I strongly suggest, because the older version of you will have wished the younger version of you would have chosen to be rich, where your money is working for you and you no longer have to work for your money, that's what the older version of you will, rich, uh, will have wished you would have made that decision to do, but most of you are choosing fame. Why? Because it is a part of a lot of people's belief structure, again, that you have to be famous to be rich. But in addition to that, a lot of people have this inner desire, this uh, un, this, this desire that seems to never be uh, satiated. You know, satiated. It makes you, you feel good. That's why. For recognition. Sure. People want recognition. People, you are, a lot of you, without knowing it because you haven't thought about it, are actually spending money uh, for recognition. You're spending money in the things you're doing and the time where you're allocating your time in your real estate business for recognition that does not directly relate to revenue. And we're going to explain all that to you in this three-part series. And again, what is your definition of rich? We gave you ours. And rich is simply where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That is a very simple, elegant definition to which all of you can apply because then you can start attaching actual dollar amounts to how much you'd have to have coming in passively for you to actually be rich. How would you feel when you woke up in the morning if you knew you had enough money coming in passively, by passively, I don't mean necessarily even rental properties, and I certainly don't mean any form of uh, revenue attached to a real estate transaction, something completely different. I mean, dividends would, uh, would check that box, right? Something that's coming in from stocks or something that's coming in from maybe a series of you know, other investments that you don't actively have to participate in, the money just gets wired to you, that's really where you should be focusing your efforts, and we're going to walk you through how to determine which of those investments you should be gearing towards. But first of all, we have to go through really a drill down on what you truly think about money, what you truly think about being rich, because the reality of it is, is if you don't move past step one, and this is a three-step plan that we're about to give you, you're never going to actually get to the point where you're accumulating anything. That's right. Now, most of you listening are involved in real estate, aren't you? But why did you decide to become an agent or a broker? Deep down, why did you decide to do that? Well, we know. Probably you wanted to not have a boss. You can check that off. Don't have a boss anymore. 
You wanted nobody to control your schedule. You didn't want to be told what to do and when to do it. Check. You wanted to possibly own your own business. The romantic notion of the self-made man or woman appeals to lots of you. But ultimately, didn't you want to be rich? We can talk about it. Remember, it's not a taboo with us. Ultimately, you desire freedom, don't you? So here's the essence of it again. When you're going down through the series of questions and you really allow your, um, you really move past as many of the desires for recognition. You really move past really what it is that you want. The plaques, the thing, people recognizing you, the number one this and the number one that. All of those things are nothing compared to the sense of accomplishment that comes when you're actually free. And the freedom only happens when you no longer have to work for your money where your money's working for you. What you want, most likely, all of you, if you're being really honest, is to get to the point in your lives where you have enough money coming in passively so that you no longer have to work for your money. Isn't that the reason you got into real estate? Isn't that really the reason why you decided to get a real estate license? Yes, you didn't want a boss. Yes, you wanted to control your schedule. Yes, you wanted to have hypothetically unlimited income potential. But really what you wanted was you wanted to get to the point where you could wake up in the morning and you no longer had the amazing 4,000 pound grill on your back about paying bills. You wanted to get off that hamster wheel. You wanted to get, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or if you're 80, at every point in your life, what you really truly want is you want freedom. And yet the decisions you're making, most cases in your business and professional life or your personal and business uh, is are to uh, are working the exact opposite. So you have a tug of war going on. Your heart's desire to be free, which comes from being financially you know, rich and recognition and ego. You get tons of emails, tons of this, this and the other things. And have you noticed the common element of all of these things is they're trying to appeal, manipulate you to your, uh, you know, your ego's desire for recognition, uh, to be famous. Do you guys get it? They're all selling you the same message. None of them are telling you that if you buy this widget or buy this product, it's going to make you, uh, you know, free. They're all saying you'll get more attention. You'll get more recognition. You'll be more famous. You'll get more likes and followers. That is oftentimes without you knowing it, the path that many agents stay on their entire lives and never actually accumulate enough of anything that produce enough passive income for them to be rich and free. That's right. So here's the good news and the bad news. What we're going to show you today and this series of podcasts has 100% probability of working for you, but only when you follow these points will you become rich. They are no BS. They are drilled down. They're proven to work. So assuming your goal is to be rich and you have been looking for your plan, this is your lucky series of podcasts. So I hope you're taking notes. It does work. As Tim said, it doesn't matter if you're old, fat, thin, good at real estate market, bad real estate market, what the interest rates are, who your broker is. doesn't matter if you're great looking or average. All of this plan will work for every one of you, assuming you work the plan. All right. There's three steps to this plan. Part one is the seven rules for wealth building. Part two, eight rules for creating your wealth building machine. Part three is six rules for staying rich for life, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get through as much as point one or part one as we can today, um, and then we're going to pick up tomorrow. So rule number one, and a lot of these we've covered for you guys already, but again, we promise you we're going to go fast, so we are going to go fast. But rule number one is be very clear 
on um, the definition of rich. Because again, I think most of you will agree that if your definition of rich is uh, simply where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money and being rich is the result of having passive income sources such as you know rentals, revenue share, securities, passive versus transactional like your commissions. So one, I remember the first time Julie and I got a commission check, it felt like it was a letter from the good Lord. We're the, rich, we're wealthy, <laughs> we're like Bugs Bunny in the desert throwing exactly. the coins around. Exactly. A lot of you are there and you're, you know, it's exciting. I get it. But what will happen over time is eventually you are going to get tired of having a transactional lifestyle where your you know, financial fortune and fate in any sense of security is dependent on another closing or five more closings or 10 more closings. That sense of always being on the hamster wheel gets old. Let me tell you right now, it will get old for you. So do the smart thing right when you start. And if you've been in the business for a long time, you know what I'm saying is true already. And absolutely positively start drilling down on creating passive sources of income. We're going to show you how to do it. We're going to give you what we did and what we prescribed to many of our coaching clients over the you know decades. And you can decide whether that's the smart path for you. So that was the first hard lesson, you know, accepting that you're selling and just transactions are are not the answer. Just your commissions won't make you rich. The second not so hard lesson is that everybody can be rich. It's not hard provided that you focus on profit as your product. Now, rule number two. Well, before you okay. get to it, here's sure. the other thing. We didn't write this down, but we did say this at the event we went to. Here's another little eye opener for all of you. You guys ready for it? Here it is. Selling real estate won't make you rich. It won't. Selling real nope. estate will not make you rich. Selling real estate will give you a nice lifestyle if you do it, you know, very, at a high level, it'll certainly give you a lot of recognition. You might actually become micro famous, or maybe you actually might become famous. You're the next Bravo TV star, but that does not mean you will be rich. Rich is a different skill set. It's a different mindset. It's a different approach to your business. So rule number two. Rule number two, understand that nobody actually wants you to be rich, except probably us, okay? No one, not even your mama, wants you to be rich. Society wants you to be dependent on the government, on schools, social security, a government job. But true freedom only comes from being rich. That is in your control. It's in no one else's. Your mantra has to be, and I just said this to a coaching client half an hour ago, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Do your friends want you to be rich? If not, why not? Some of you haven't thought about that. At the event, we told the story about the crabs in the bucket. When there's a motivated crab, you have a whole bunch of crabs in a bucket, and you have one motivated crab, maybe he's got extra big crab muscles, he's going to get the heck out of that bucket, and he starts to climb up. What happens? You don't even have to put a lid on a bucket of crabs because the rest of the crabs will drag him down into that bucket. And that is a common thing when you start to pull away from the crowd. Well, let's reel this in and let's talk about, for example, a real estate team or a real estate sure. brokerage. Let's focus on a team. So here's an interesting uh, little dichotomy in the real estate team world. So you have a real estate team. You have people working for you. You want those people to be, let's be honest, totally dependent on you. You want those team members to be dependent on your leads. You don't want those team members to be rich and free. If they're rich and free, they don't have to work for you anymore. If they're rich and free and they're financially independent, they're going to do complete something completely different than they are going to be work, working for you. So a lot of brokers and teams are not designed to actually help agents become rich and free. They're designed, just like what Julie just said, for you to always be dependent. Brokerages are like that as well. Brokerages want you, well, one of the, frankly, I see see this in training even to this day, 
you know, one of the, frankly, again, I don't want to grind on anyone in particular, but there's a well-known real estate coach who will tell you to go and get in massive amounts of debt. That way you always have to work to keep the debt. In other words, you buy a big house, you buy a big car, you buy a this, the other thing, and you finance all of it. You have an enormous amount of money you have to earn every month. That's going to keep you motivated. But that also is the short path to, frankly, never being rich and free. You're always going to have to work just to keep on that hamster wheel your entire life. Not to mention the stress level that that creates, right? Right. And that's a lot of people, again, if you're falling into the trap of thinking you're just going to finance it for everything, you still have to make those payments. And yeah, you know what happens if you stop making the payments. But ultimately, let's say you keep making the payments and then you go from one indebted, you know, one in debt to another, to another, to another, you're never going to actually get to the point where you're rich and free. So society is dependent on you borrowing money. I don't know if you thought about that, but it's true. Everybody is dependent. If here, Here's another little thing. And this is more of a philosophical point, but I think it's true. In a society where everybody was rich and free, what would people not be doing or spending time on? Or I'll even make it more personal for you. If you were rich and free that you no longer had to work for your money, where your money was working for you, would you live in the same community? Would you wear the same clothes? Would you vote for the same people? Now stop there. Again, Julie and I are not going to be political, but would you vote for the same uh, people if you were rich and free? If you had your 10,000 or 15,000 or 20,000, whatever it took for you to be truly financially independent. You know, we did have somebody that was 120,000 in their actual personal burn rate. That was mm-hmm. the record so far. So the point is, is if you had that money coming in completely passively every month and it was reliable and you no longer had to work for the money, the money was working for you. In other words, if you just played golf all day, nothing bad would happen. How, what wouldn't change in your life? It's fascinating. You wouldn't probably live in the same place. You wouldn't, even if it was just say 10,000 a month, you're not moving to Beverly Hills on 10,000 a month, but you have surrounded yourself with people that think and act like you do. You have surrounded yourself in a city where it reinforces you being dependent. Your in your whole life situation is always dependent on uh, essentially you staying in that crab bucket. There's three things in life you can control, listeners. Number one is your health. Number one is wealth. And number one is an environment. So health is you can control what you eat and you can control how you exercise. You can control largely your health. Uh, obviously wealth, we're hopefully teaching you how to be rich and how you can basically control that. But ultimately the thing that's going to be the greatest determinant of whether you're going to be rich and free is your environment. Your environment does, obviously your physical environment, where you live, it's also your brokerage, it's also your friends, it's also the websites you go to. So there's only, speaking of brokerages, there's only one real estate brokerage that Julie and I have discovered in our, you know, almost 30 years in the real estate business, and that, that actually is focused on helping agents to be rich and free in the truest sense is eXp Realty. Why? Because eXp Realty not only has a very, relatively speaking, small cap, but also the expenses are very low. The services that are offered through eXp are phenomenal. So just from a real estate agent's perspective, it's the best thing out there for 99% of the agents uh, that I come across. But also it creates alter- it creates uh alternative sources of income for you. So you can sell real estate, you can make your real estate commissions, but you can also make revenue share. You also get awarded stock. You can also make money from different things in the EXP business model. So you can just do what you be you doing what you do at a high level and start creating other sources of passive income as a side stream downstream benefit of you doing what you're already doing. 
And it's an extraordinary way for you to accelerate the wealth creation model because, tr frankly, the normal path forward for most people to create enough passive income to retire takes about, you know, a decade, two decades. It takes a long damn time depending on where you live and your environment and, frankly, how much your personal burn rate is, your personal overhead. But EXP will accelerate that for all of you, and it's one of the reasons that, frankly, I'm so incredibly enthusiastic about it. Um, is all the, are all the agents that we've had join us at EXP Realty, and frankly, all of those that have become essentially personally, you know, they're rich. They have enough money coming in that to easily cover their personal overhead, and they are by our definition of rich and free. That is incredible. If you're interested in joining EXP Realty, which I know all of you are, there's two easy easy paths forward for that. You can simply text the letters EXP to 47372, text the letters EXP to 47372, or if you're ready to join now and you're looking for a sponsor who's going to be very proactive in your success at EXP Realty, text me directly on my cell phone, and that is 512-758-0206. So if you're just on getting started on the path to join EXP, text the letters EXP to 47372. If you're ready to join and you're ready to choose your sponsor and you've not yet chosen who your sponsor is going to be, text me directly at 512-758-0206. Remember, when texting, message and data rates may apply. Yes. So one last section before we uh, continue on to future podcasts, because this is not a topic we can do in a half hour, 40 minutes. We can run a little bit long here. So some people think that you have to inherit your wealth or have some sort of head start to become rich. No, that's not true. It is not too late for you. It doesn't matter how old you are, where you live or anything like that. You have not missed the boat if you were not born rich. So some fun facts, and you can, you can you know shorten this if you like, but some interesting facts, because a lot of people will say that, well, you know, that person's rich because they got a head start. Well, did you know that only 19% of people who are a millionaire or higher receive any income or wealth of any time, any kind from a trust fund or an estate, and that fewer than 20% inherited even 10% or more of their wealth? More than half never received even a dollar in inheritance. Fewer than 25% even had a, uh, what the IRS calls an act of kindness, like a gift of 10,000 or more from their parents, grandparents, other relatives. 91% never received as a gift even a dollar of ownership of a family business, and nearly half never received any college tuition from their parents or relatives. Fewer than 10% believe they will ever receive any inheritance in the future. So no, you do not have to be born with it. Now, the point of all this is, and what we're trying to help all of you to realize, and hopefully we did it, um, is that you're, you have all of the tools necessary. You don't have to have a high IQ, which should have been one of the points, right? You don't have to have uh, a lot of college and education or anything. You are in real estate. You are smart enough to get a real estate license. You are listening to this podcast. You're obviously ambition and you're ambitious and you're on the right path. And the path forward is to build a business that will allow you to create the opportunity to be rich and free. There are no proof, there's no 100% proven paths, but there are many paths that have been followed for generations, like thousands of years. And I'm not exaggerating on how to be rich and free. When you read the books by the Stoics, if you read any sort of philosophies that go back to the Greek times and everything else, they pretty much all, when it comes to talking about wealth accumulated accumulation, do it the same damn way that it is done today. And if for you to think because you're in your 20s and sometime somehow you're going to hack something that's been proven to work for thousands of years and you're going to figure you're going to you know have some sort of technological well well why would you bother just follow the path that's in front of you because it's been proven to work you know literally for thousands of years. 
Well, it's actually easier than people make it, isn't it? Everybody wants things to be more complicated all the time versus following an actual plan. Should we do rule number three? If you have time. I can go a little bit longer. Okay, so rule number three, there are zero downsides to being rich. Some of you listening have never actually thought about it that way. Everything is better when you're rich. Well, we Nothing the, is worse. Well, there's not only zero downsides, but everything is better when you're rich. But how many of us have, again, been institutionalized to believe that life is worse when you get rich. There was an article that came out, I don't remember who published it, but said that people earning something like $75,000 per year were as happy as people earning $250,000 per year, some load of crap like that. I remember but, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many different things out there. that Why was that article even published? What were, the, what were the purveyors of that information trying to convince you of? Why did they want you to believe that you are good if you just basically earn six or $7,000 per month? Now, in some parts of the country, you are. You're great. And again, I'm criticizing. All I'm asking you to do is consider why is it that they were trying to position somebody earning six or $7,000 a month to be as happy, whatever they quantified that to mean, mm-hmm. as someone that was earning hundreds of thousands of dollars per month? Do you associate a high income with lots and lots of sacrifice. Well, I have news for you. The exact opposite is true. High income means, yes, you have to have a more focus. Yes, you have to have a higher skill set. Yes, you have to be more professional. You have to be the best version of you as a real estate practitioner. But the reality of it is, is it actually will produce vastly more opportunities and vastly better quality of life than always thinking about earning money. Always thinking about how the heck it is you're going to have enough money coming in for you know 60 days, balancing things. How can we buy a couch? Are we going to buy a couch? Are we going to you know pay for Johnny's uh, you know dental work? You guys get the point. So when you have normal life problems, which all of us do, does having money make those problems better or worse? Even the worst case scenarios of life are better when you're rich. You have no problems when your problems can go away writing a check, or virtually no problems. The problems you have when you have money are better than the problems you have uh, if you don't. So people romanticize the idea of living simple lives out on the prairie or out in a jungle tribe. But the historical facts are that the tribal nations of humans were actually really horrible. There's all kinds of documentaries about this. The Indian tribes in the Southwest, especially, actually committed terrible, brutal atrocities. And yet, weren't they happy just living out there out West? They had rape and murder. That was normal on the prairie. They weren't the spiritual meccas of well-being that you might think. Again, we have been raised to believe that people were sitting around meditating and looking at their you know, crystals and all the rest of it. No, they weren't. They were out hunting for more territory. They were doing you know, really brutal things because they were having to live these uh, existences that were dependent on essentially the buffalo or scarcity or day-to-day survival. Right. And and there's a actually we didn't talk we'll talk about this really quick. There was an interesting story. It was on um who cares where it was on something we National were watching. Geographic or something. Not, exactly. Yeah. About this one of the lost of the uh, lost tribes of wherever it was. They finally found this tribe of humans that were deep in the jungle somewhere and they had absolutely no virtually no contact ever with essentially modern the modern world. So if you wanted to know what our ancestors from thousands of years ago were living like, they had footage of these people living with spears. They had no guns. They had no clothes. They were running around half naked. And it was so fascinating. And when you watch this whole thing, you know, of course, they were watching from a distance. And then all of a sudden, one of the hunting tribes, and they were very small because they were malnourished and generations of 
you know, of these, you know, tribal people have always been malnourished, so they never, height is a sign of a, uh, a of health and nutrition. Right, exactly. Just FYI. Yeah. So, um, another quick side note, when you go to Italy, Northern Italians are taller than the Southern Italians because there was a, a, a essentially a plague and there was a, a lot of famine yeah. in Southern Italy. And that still is being that, um, essentially that plight that the genetic, ramifications of that are still being passed on from generation to generation versus in Northern Italy, that wasn't the case. In any event, so we were watching this, you know, uh, documentary, this um, tribe, these tribal people discover these scientists. So the scientists no longer are just observing. They're now, well, they have to eventually. Well, they're documenting what they found. Right. They're now, interacting now. So now the scientists show up in these, uh, this tribe's, you know, uh, their little village. And of course, the scientists are a lot taller and look a lot different. They're wearing clothing. Right. And so, but these scientists had this notion that the uh, these uh, these Indians basically would not want to have anything to do with them, and they had all these preconceived notions because they thought that these people were living in some sort of universal bliss of self-sustaining lifestyles and whatever, whatever. Well, guess what happened? The exact opposite. So one day they went to visit and document. They weren't bringing anything. They weren't bringing clothes. They weren't bringing food. They weren't bringing yeah, anything. They're just doing like a follow-up to the documentary. So the 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 hunting tribe. We should end today on this story. Yeah. The the group of three or four men. Then, without these scientists knowing it. So the scientists came and they visited them and they documented them and they were just taking pictures and trying to get to know their language and their art and everything, which by the way, they had very little art because they were spending so much time trying to just basically take care of themselves and survive. So as they were leaving without them knowing it, this group of three or four hunters followed them out of the jungle. And then they, the hunters then figured out that there's a hell of a big world outside of this jungle. Yes, who knew? And guess what happened? A couple of them didn't ever go back. They stayed in the modern civilization. So the next time or the time after when the scientists go to visit this tribe, some of you may have seen this, the um, the hunters, the two or three that went back, were wearing like modern clothes. Yeah, they had like button down collars and they weren't barefoot anymore. They had sandals on, on, you yeah. know. So yeah, why? Go ahead. And so then what happened is all the other Indians were saying, well, I don't want to walk around anymore half naked. Or I don't want to walk around with no shoes on anymore. Why don't you bring me some of those shoes? So inside something like 12 months of that big tribe, there were, I don't know how many people, let's just say 100 in that tribe. There were like three left because the rest said, you know what? Air conditioning is a hell of a lot better than where I'm living. And they all left. So what does that tell you about this romanticized version of all of us living in some sort of, again, I'm trying to get at the root of why some of you are believing that rich people uh, are somehow, that's not aspirational for you, and you romanticize this really simplistic, humble, communal life. Well, let's go and study what happens when that communal, those people in those communal lifestyles discover what it's like to actually have stuff. Because here's the thing, and here's what the big takeaway from this story. We are all spiritual beings in physical manifestations. And as such, we need things, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't believe me, ask those Indians. We need things like shoes. We need things like clothes. We need things if we want to have healthy lives like medicines and roofs over our heads. And you need a phone to listen to our iPod, our podcast. You guys get the idea? So you need things in your life. And those things are going to make the quality of your life better. Those things are going to let allow you to no longer just going, go from uh, sustaining your lifestyle or living commission check to commission check. You can now go on to become a bigger, brighter version of yourself because you no longer really have to worry about where your immediate next meal is coming from, unlike the, the group of people in the jungle I was just telling you about. So if you are acceptance of the fact that you are a spiritual being in a physical man- manifestation and you know you need stuff, 
Why don't you just get the nicest stuff that you can get? Why don't you actually be okay? And you're saying, well, I'm okay. What are you talking about? Are you though? How many of you compromise when you fly, when you choose an, uh, an airline ticket? How many of you compromise where you live because you are holding yourself back? One of my, frankly, our great, one of our great friends in um, our EXP group, he came and visited and I told him, Orlando, stay at this hotel. Well, I just <laughs> said his name. Story. Sorry. <laughs> I told him to stay at this hotel. I told him to fly on this airline and a whole thing. I laid it out for him. And then he gets here and he comes and visits us and he didn't listen to a thing I said. And it was his, his rationalization was, oh, I didn't need to stay in, you know, the Ritz Carlton. I wanted to stay, I'm going to stay at Embassy, Embassy Suites. Embassy Suites is, you know, this much per night. This is, the, it's all the same. It's a hotel room. No, it's not. No, it's not. And he also flew down on, um, what's Spirit. that? Spirit Air. And we told him Ugh. to fly in Delta. And that yeah. experience is totally different. Totally different. And so it was funny watching him while he was with us, rationalizing, essentially trying to hold on to these beliefs that it's all the same. It's not all the same. It's radically different. It's completely different. You deserve the better. Yes. He wanted to get the heck out of that hotel. Yeah. He wanted to spend all his time over here. It is better. And remember, the top of this point was everything is better. Money improves every aspect of life. 99% of your issues go away with more money, especially consistent and passive money. That's right. And so the moral of the story is, what are your deeply rooted beliefs about being rich and free? Notice how if you're really being honest with yourself about how you feel about it, if you don't really know how you feel about it and you're trying and you're, that thought is kind of uh, you know, challenging you, here's a question that's very confronting, but it also hopefully will help some of you. Why aren't you rich and free? If you believe that your goal in life was to be rich and free, why haven't you done it? Why aren't you there? Why are you still living this paycheck to paycheck or this, you know, maybe you have two or three months of good revenue coming in. Why are you not rich and free? Why have you not get to the point, gotten to the point in your life where you can live where you want to live, be around the people you want to live, where you can truly control your environment? Why haven't you? It's because you've made decisions that, the, that led to the exact opposite of you being rich and free. You have to own that. You have to be responsible for it. And once you're willing to accept that, and just like Julie and I, and just like all of us, once you are willing to accept that the software that you were born with in your head as a baby and how you were raised as you were growing up was not designed for you to be rich and free. It was designed for you to be to be dependent. Yes. The system, be it the economic system, be it your business, be it your community, is dependent on you being dependent. It cannot exist without you being dependent. So by your desire to be rich and free, for your desire to have personal freedom, for yourself, for where you live, how you live, the thoughts you have, the people you vote for, all of it. And you know that comes on the other side of you being rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. If that's truly what you want, if you're truly willing to accept the responsibility, the moral obligation you have to being rich and free, if you're going to be there, you're going to love part two, which is tomorrow. So we're going to leave off today mm -hmm. where we ended. Um, and listen, guys, we want you to know that we sincerely appreciate you keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. This podcast is downloaded hundreds of thousands of times per month. 
in the real estate industry, in at least the United States, this is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. And by the way, our YouTube channel is quickly following that same path and becoming the number one YouTube channel um, because we obviously publish every single day. So whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on our podcast, most of you listen to us on our podcast, we want to sincerely thank you for allowing Julie and I to be in alignment with what our life's mission, which is to be of service to all of you. So again, if you want to connect with us, the easiest way to do it is over on Instagram and just at, you know, it's obviously it's at Tim and Julie Harris.com. If you're ready to move forward and move up in your real estate career, I want to join Julie and I at eXp. If you're just looking for information, text the letters eXp to 47372. Or if you're ready to join and you're looking for a sponsor, you've not yet chosen your sponsor, please do uh, consider Julie and I. We are formally applying for the job of being your eXp Realty sponsor. Text me directly on my cell phone, 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.